about all the stuff that we do to make ourselves look good. Women, we wear makeup, we go to the hair salon, we go shopping all the time to buy the best clothes. Even men are into it. I'm Tamara Keith, and we're talking about beauty as we flip to the B-side. This is B-Side, and we're talking about beauty, all the things we do to make ourselves look beautiful, and the reality that a lot of people have different ideas of what beauty really is. So a group of us, Lissa Mudd, Mia Lobel, Claudine Zapp, and I went to a makeup store in Berkeley called Benefit to get made over. Hi, how are you today? Good. We're looking for Patty. Our guide and makeover lady is Patty. I'm Patricia. Shaheen, I worked for Benefit for five years, and I'm still loving my job. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's, the who's the first victim? Go ahead, Tam. Yeah, Tam. Yeah. yeah. How many Go for are it. we doing? I'm up first. I sit in a stool with all of this makeup laid out in front of me. Patty sits on the other side of the bar, as she calls it, and starts putting makeup on me. I'm loving it. Just smear it in the center of your lips for that pouty look. Let's see you pout, Tam. Oh, that's very nice. I'm pouting. I'm definitely pouting. How, how often do you wear makeup? Every day? Every day. What do you wear every day? I usually wear foundation and blush and lipstick and usually a little eyeliner. Another person who, like me, wears makeup every day is producer Stacy Bond. She has a thing for lipstick. I can pinpoint my obsession with lipstick to a morning in suburban Texas when I was 10 years old. My mom has this saying, Pretty is, as pretty does. It doesn't mean what you think it means. What it means is, if you don't do the things that make you pretty, God will not love you. God doesn't like people who won't even try. And in Texas, you want God to love you. Or, at the very least, for everyone to think he does. So one Sunday morning when I was 10 years old, I had this sudden notion to walk down the aisle at church during an invitation hymn. This is a song the congregation sings after the sermon. If you walk down the aisle during the invitation, you're basically saying you want Jesus to forgive your sins. So they dunk you in some water in a baptistry, which is kind of like a giant hot tub hidden by ferns behind the pulpit. Okay, I was 10. How many sins could I really have? Obviously not as many as I do now. But that morning I got it into my head I should impress all the adults with what a good girl I was. So when they started the song, off I went. Okay, but here's the thing. When I agreed to accept Jesus into my heart, I started down a slippery path with my mom, a path eventually paved with Lancome, Clinique, and MAC. My mother was thrilled that I had done this. In her mind, I was now a young lady, maybe even a budding Debbie Boone. Clearly, she couldn't miss this opportunity. She would make me over into God's image, God's image of the perfectly groomed Christian young lady. My mom decided it was time I wear makeup. Each morning before school, I'd stand on the olive and gold linoleum in our kitchen. I would close my eyes and turn my face upward. And my mother would whisk a cloud of powdery peach covergirl blush across my cheeks. Then she'd dab a little Vaseline on my eyelids and eyelashes for shine. Nothing too showy, at least not until I was a little older. On my own, 
I was allowed to apply the sheer Avon lip gloss that came in a plastic fried egg. But this ladylike stuff was so boring. Wearing makeup as a 10-year-old Christian in Texas was like wearing an attractive little prison. Everyone is watching you. How you look becomes way more important than what you do. It's the thing you're always aware of. Sure, I built a giant model of the Taj Mahal to scale, but I looked like crap the whole time I was working on it. Do you realize what a burden that can be? Always presentable, always ladylike. I began to lust after the thick, pink, silvery frost that Samantha Stevens wore. I examined her look on reruns of Bewitched. She was a witch, but she had to suppress her powers. Her only authorized expression of nonconformity was her mauve lipstick. It was a tiny hint at her shimmery depth. I wanted that. Many years later, I actually go in search of that shimmery, thick, magical pink. I do this by dragging my ukulele-playing friend Lloyd to a lipstick factory in New Jersey in the middle of the night. Yes, I'd become what you might call an adult, but to my mom's dismay, I'd failed to become a Christian singer. Instead, I was in Washington, D.C., staying up all hours of the night making art. One night, I'm working on an installation. It's a giant, white-tiled Christian baptistry, big enough for a person to be immersed in. Sound familiar? My genius plan is to fill the tub with melted lipstick. I've managed to convince a makeup company to give me several raw bricks of lipstick, but I keep not going to pick it up. I don't know why. Maybe the idea of having scads of lipstick around me, seeing how it's made, breathing in the waxy fish oil scent. Maybe that's just too creepy. So I stand hot gluing these ceramic tiles to the baptistry the night before this huge multimedia art event is supposed to open to the public, while my friend Lloyd, whose own art is done, stands around playing the ukulele. 2,000 people are showing up tomorrow, and he's not even helping me. He launches into an upbeat little number about girls with anorexia. And then it dawns on me, Lloyd writes songs about women and beauty. I need him to come with me to get the lipstick. I said the joint was rockin'. Within an hour, we're on the road. Lloyd drives and spends the entire way there telling me why the Rolling Stones completely kicked ass during their early days, but nobody realizes it. The Stones are like his personal, undiscovered underground band. Six hours, three beef jerky, and who knows how many peanuts later we get there. The cosmetics factory looks... I don't know, like a factory. I had imagined an Emerald City kind of thing. It's a family business, and this cheerful, young, bleachy Russian woman comes to greet us, and she takes us into a room where her husband is. They're so sweet. I've told them I need this bulk lipstick for a piece of art, but they don't seem to get that my art is kind of critical of cosmetics. They begin thanking Lloyd for driving me there, telling him how nice it is that he's come all this way to help me in the middle of the night. It's called Big Star Baby. Pick with me, but I'll Lloyd loves having fans, so he plays the uke for them as we go to this really chilly area of the factory. Flat cardboard boxes are stacked on huge industrial metal shelves. And guess what's in them? 
discontinued lipstick colors. As bitter as I am about being stuck with this whole Texas nice women have to look good thing, I can't believe there are all of these three foot by three foot bricks of solid lipstick here for me to play with. I open one flat cardboard box after another. Where is the Samantha Stevens shade? While I'm looking, Lloyd decides he wants to work at the lipstick factory. He asks for an application. I open another cardboard box. What I find is not the Samantha Stevens color. It's not a tiny hint at hidden powers. It's a full-on bright fuchsia pink. Completely saturated, light-absorbing, and vivid. I have this urge to reach in all the way up to my elbows. I want to feel and squish around in the waxy denseness of this tangible, intense pink. Hey, I found it, I tell everybody. This is the color I wanted. The entire way home, Lloyd talks seriously about getting a job at the factory. I barely have time to shower and throw on some makeup before getting back to the site of the opening. When I get there, I heat up three crockpots. They aren't part of the art, but I need them to melt chunks of the lipstick bricks. Within a couple of hours, the lipstick is melted enough for me to start ladling it into the baptistry. The first visitors are starting to arrive. I can hear Lloyd playing the ukulele over by his own art installation. I'm trapped at my piece. If I want to finish it tonight, I have to keep working. It becomes like performance art. I put on a 50s apron. People stop by and chat. I ladle. It occurs to me that I'm as trapped by this lipstick as ever. But the thing is, I realize that I also love it. As much as I hate it, I love it. I love makeup. I don't wear a lot, but I do wear it everywhere, just like my Texas mom. Lipstick, and paint, lipstick. That story was produced by Stacy Bond, who I bet is wearing makeup right now. And had such fun since she's been gone. Lipstick, powder and paint, lipstick, powder and paint, lipstick, powder and paint. Oh, yes, you is, oh, yes, you ain't. Back at the makeup store, Mia Lobel is now sitting in the hot seat, talking with Patty, our makeover specialist, about how she feels about makeup. I have a very long commute, so I like to sleep as long as I can before I... It makes you more moisturizing, hydrating the skin. Excellent. I think one of the reasons I don't wear makeup is because I don't want to have to depend on it. Because I feel like once you get used to having that kind of look, you feel like when you go out of the house without it, that, oh, God, like, I look ugly. (laughs) Okay. So this, just glide on. And just normally do it with your hands. Yeah. It just evens up the skin. When Mia's done, she looks great. She's glowing. But she hates it. She doesn't think she looks good at all. And that gets at that whole thing about how different people have different ideas about what's beautiful. But Marie Matheson, she's in the B-side crew. She is beautiful. I don't think anyone would disagree about that. And she has this story for us about a website for beautiful people. It's called beautifulpeople.dk, as in Denmark. That's where I'm from. It's a dating website where you can become a member only if other users think you're beautiful enough. You upload your picture. Then, the men on the site vote on the women who want to join. The women vote on the men. It's a three-day voting process. When it's done, 
You will either be granted membership or you'll be told that you're too ugly. What we have done is that we, that we keep out the ugly ones. That's Robert Ochino Hinze. He started beautifulpeople.dk with a couple of friends. They saw a major problem with all the other dating websites out there. The problem is that the existing dating services is for everyone. And uh, that includes people at of age of 60 years. And, and, and they can be like fat and ugly, also beautiful. So I, <laughs> uh, one day I got the idea that why not make a, uh, a, a dating service for beautiful people only. That would be just great, I uh, thought. Great, huh? Or maybe totally crude, shallow, and mean-spirited. But Robert doesn't really see it that way. He's being practical. In his world, people find their mates based on looks. Personality comes later. And most dating websites don't work that way. They have come onto a site, and they realize that here there is thousands of unattractive persons, thousands of people who are maybe psychos, or they are too old or too ugly, too fat, and you can't, you can't mate a zebra and a, an elephant. You can't do that. So, therefore, they come to this place where there are only zebras. So, I'm not a zebra, and if I were, I may want to mate with an elephant. But I'm interested. I'm surprised by the fact that I like Robert and his blunt honesty. I'm not looking for a date, but I'm curious. I want to know if I'm beautiful enough. Beautifulpeople.dk It says here, register new profile. Then they also want to know my weight. That's... ouch. Um, smoker? No. Eye color? Blue. Hair color, blonde. Nikolai Anderson did this very thing a few months ago. He's a 26-year-old student living in Copenhagen, Denmark. The first time he heard about beautiful people was on the TV news. My first impression was that what kind of a Nazi system is it? I mean, so of course I opened the website immediately. And um, out of curiosity, I, I filed this application and I found that, you know, People are, of course, uh, sorted in in this in this uh, in many ways uh, disgusting way. But the system has a number of qualities. Also, I kind of uh, forgave the system. Uh, Nikolai quickly learned that he wasn't beautiful enough. That's this red zone and the green zone. And to begin with, I was uh, I was in the green zone, completely in the green zone. But uh, on the second day. Um, the voting process kind of, you know, turned, and uh, suddenly I found myself in the red zone, and uh, that was really nerve-breaking. And uh, you know, you put your face to to a vote, and uh, and of course I didn't like to be in this red zone because ultimately I, I could see that I couldn't get into this website. When this was going on, Nikolai got addicted to checking his progress. That is embarrassing. I, I checked it out like fifty times a day. It was green, red, green, red, and that was really no brain. Somehow it's possible to be fascinated and repulsed at the same time. After I sign up, I start to look around. And that means that they'll do the same to me very soon. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like the idea of them sitting there being like, ooh, her cheeks are big. I don't like her teeth, whatever. One in ten women make it, and one in thirteen men. 
but I'm feeling fairly confident about myself. The picture I posted is pretty glamorous. It's classy and looks like it could be in a magazine, but I'm not taking anything for granted. Penilla Larsen did not suffer the same fate as Nikolai. She got voted in in March, and she embraces the concept of beautiful people without a hint of irony or embarrassment. I think it's a very cool idea. That's easy for her to say. She's on the inside. As one of the beautiful people, she gets to vote on new members. Every second day there might be a hundred, few hundred people trying to get in, so that takes a lot of time, but of course I want to be in it, and I want to give my vote to them, because um, I want to decide who's going to get in and who's not, of course. When I look around the website, I notice that the people are mostly white. Everybody looks like a copy of each other. The look is very, very Scandinavian. It's tall guys, very athletic, blue eyes, uh, high cheekbones and wide, uh, wide smiles and lips. And it's, it is a certain look. Penilla looks like a girl who could host Fear Factor. She's very fit. Her hair is brown, her eyes blue-green. But she looks pretty average to me. So I have to admit that after meeting Penilla, I'm thinking, she's a member, she's not entirely out of my league, so maybe I have a fair chance. And I do look very Scandinavian. After a day or so, I check my status. Alright, so now my computer's on and here we go. Open. Emails. Beautiful people. My profile has been read. 224 times and I can see my status if I click here let me see oh I don't think it's good oh yeah I'm not going in hmm so I have two days and 16 hours and 37 minutes and I'm in the deep deep of the red so probably won't get in when I listen to that now I can hear a twinge of disappointment in my voice it's really not fun to have people look at your picture and then click, no, definitely not. But I did it to myself. And I just get an email from beautiful people saying, the vote is finished. We have to tell you that the users on the system haven't found your application. Your application attractive enough. Not me, but my application. Thank you so much for your interest. It was rather anticlimactic. There was no drama of my slider sliding from red to green and back again. I was just plain rejected. I was rejected from a website I didn't even want to join. And yet I'm disappointed. How stupid is that? Nikolai Anderson didn't let the disappointment get to him. He paid a friend to take a professional headshot. And then he tried again and got in. Now he spends about an hour a day on the site. And he's even been on a few dates. But me, I'm done with beautiful people. Benefit Cosmetics. Two members of the B-Side crew are getting made over at the same time. Claudine, in one corner, is having her eyes done, a smoky eyes treatment, and she is having so much fun. And then there's Lissa. You, mean, you, need, you, can't, you, can't, you can't frown, though, when I'm doing your makeup. you got to relax. You can't be squinting. 
And then Patty hits her with something she wasn't expecting. Green eyeshadow. Oh my gosh. Wait, hold on. Green? You already have it on your eyes. It's already on you. Okay, Lissa, you now have um, some really dark on your on your lids. How are you feeling about it? Oh no, I'm feeling sort of wary. Lissa is wary, but Claudine thinks it looks pretty good. The eyes, it just really plays up. The eye makeup really plays up your eyes. Now you have this gloss on. You look radiant. Claudine and I head to the cash register uh, to make some purchases. A few minutes later, outside, Mia and Lissa are commiserating. I think I need to go wash my face. Why? You look really pretty. I feel yucky. I know how you feel. I, I, I feel like I need to go and get it off of me immediately. I, I really feel like there's stuff sitting on my face. On my, my eyes feel kind of heavy, even though they're sort of stuck open a little wider than they normally are because of the mascara. The, the funny thing here is that you guys, you two are completely miserable, and Claudine and I are like, woohoo, party on, how much can we buy? Oh, we look so fabulous. <laughs> There are definitely two schools of thought in this B-side crew. Two schools of thought. There are two schools of thought about a lot of things related to beauty. There are some things that some people think are totally beautiful, and other people, or most people, think are just awful. Lena Lightman has a perfect example of that. A couple of months ago, I saw this strange car parked in San Francisco. It was huge and black, and it made me stop and stare. Since then, I found out that a lot of people have the same reaction. What are you seeing? What are you looking at? It's very creative. It's art. You don't see a car like this every day. That's quite something. Yeah, what do you think? (laughs) It stands out in a crowd. Is it beautiful? In a dark sort of way. It's, It's... It's just, it's awesome. The car is covered in plants and skeletons and trinkets. Rebecca Caldwell owns it. When she goes to the store to buy toilet paper, people always ask her a lot of questions. Rebecca's shy, but she'll tell you what you're looking at. She does this a lot. This right here is a mummified pigeon that a friend found in an attic in a house in San Francisco. These whips on the back were a gift from a friend and this little piano here um, is a gift All that stuff is glued to a 1971 Cadillac hearse, which also has a 1973 Super Beetle welded to the roof. Altogether, the thing looks like a Gothic cathedral. It even has stained glass windows. Rebecca says it's beautiful. Beauty is such a strange concept because it is so individual. I get a lot of joy and find what I create visually very pleasing to me. One guy in the parking lot says to him, the car seems depressing. I mean, I think it's impressive. It's not what I would choose to drive around in, I don't think. Why? Why? Well, it's just, it seems kind of uh, dark. You know, it doesn't seem like it's, to me, is expressing like a loving energy. (laughs) I guess I wonder what, what what the motivation is to create something like this. Five years ago, Rebecca's Cadillac hearse was pristine. Then a storm ruined the shiny finish. It was just the excuse an artist like Rebecca needed to transform the car into her next masterpiece. She calls it cathedral. The idea to make it into a cathedral-shaped thing came pretty quickly. And then I looked at like the basic basilica plan and went off that. I mean, it's got to 
the the two windows on the side are the transept, and then there's this nave and the west facade and the rose window. And it totally just came together like that as soon as I had the concept. And I knew it. And it was like, this is what I'm going to make. And I have to do it now. The challenge was assembling it and figuring out how to follow the vehicle code. There are some restrictions like height and width and lights. Um, like the height, is, it can't be anything over 13.6. There's nothing um, for like aesthetics. So how know. tall are you? How tall is the car, rather? <laughs> that was an interesting right, right. split. I know. <laughs> well, I know, because it is. It's like an extension of me. The car does have a lot of human qualities. It's beautiful, but not perfect. Kind of like Rebecca. It's somehow cohesive, but there's also an organic quality to it that's human. And I think, so there's a lot of flaws. The part of the car that I think gets the most reactions as far as like, wow, is there's a wheel well that is full of denture molds. Teeth are, you know, the last thing that remains when we die. They're our identity. They're how we are identified. Rebecca circles Cathedral, pointing out every detail. She is wearing black, and so is her car. She says black is romantic. I really love working with the color black. When I put things on it and then I put a coat of black on it, it's just like, yes, there it is. I can see it now. I like the, um, the depth that I see and the way the shadows and the way things get obscured. It's almost dreamlike. Maybe it kind of takes you to a dream state, like or an altered place or another world. Maybe I've created another world and I'm letting you come in. The black finish on Caldwell's creation isn't shiny and smooth like regular car paint. It's like skin with life teeming underneath it. I actually got tree bark. It's from palm trees and it just has this Since Rebecca talks about like cathedral <laughs> kind of like it's a person, I wanted to see the inside, its soul. In other words, the place where the caskets go. It's dark in here now, but um, it's very colorful and rich with different patterns and tapestries and be hanging beads and red and purple. Uh, the light from the stained glass comes in here and it's really, it's like fuchsia because it's reds and blues. Inside here I've got toys from my childhood. I just, I, and I love kind of altar spaces that feel just like everything on it has a meaning and a symbol. Cathedral might attract a lot of attention, but Rebecca tries not to. If you're shy like she is, driving a 12-foot-tall gothic rendering of your emotions can be difficult. It really makes you come out of your shell. You can't be shy and have an art car. It is very scary, but you have to do scary things. Yeah, what do you mean it's scary? Uh, putting yourself out there just so pe for people to go, that's ugly and that shouldn't exist. Over time, Rebecca has come to terms with everyone's opinions. But she thinks that whether you see ugliness or grace in Cathedral has more to do with your frame of mind than her car. Art is a mirror. And every individual brings something to the piece. It's been a real privilege for me to be able to see all the variety and the scope, I mean, it's wide of reactions I get. And I find that it's not so much about the car itself, but more about the people. People need to understand that it's art. It's art. Art decays and beauty fades. The paint and objects on Cathedral are aging and breaking down. Rebecca says it's getting harder to maintain her car. 
In the past, she's taken it out on the open road, even cross-country. These days, Carthedral is cruising around closer to its home in Oakland. For B-Side, I'm Lena Lightman. How do I look? Very good. Our time in makeup land is done. Mia, Lissa, Claudine, and I are all sitting outside the makeup store. And then our friend Dave comes by. Dave is coming. Okay, let's see if he notices. Everybody look pretty. <laughs> We're all sitting here smiling, batting our eyelashes at Dave as he walks towards us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's got like lip gloss and stuff around their eyes. And <laughs> big smiles. And do we look more beautiful than we did when you left us about an hour ago? Um, I'll, yeah, may, <laughs> the way I see it is like, oh, you're wearing makeup. That's great, you know. Oh, well, some people just don't understand. You've been listening to B-Side. Our crew is Dave Gilson, Lissa Mudd, Mia Lobel, Claudine Zapp, and Molly Peterson. Our theme music was composed by Dave Kaufman. You can learn more about B-Side and our crew at our website, www.radiobside.org. I'm Tamara Keith. Thanks for listening. I am a very stylish girl.